Good Lord, what the hell is going on at the Pentagon? Seriously? The Secretary of Defense drops this press release about forming its own UFO project just before the Thanksgiving holiday, just as Congress appears ready to create a UAP program office with well-defined responsibilities, transparency, and accountability. And now suddenly, after more than half a century of contempt and indifference, the Pentagon is telling us it's woke. Is this a joke? What are they calling this thing? The Airborne Object Identification and Management Synchronization Group? Really? To answer to something called the Airborne Object Identification and Management Executive Council? Jeez, you gotta be shitting me. Is this like a Monty Python ripoff? Good God. Well, look, we'll be getting into this attempted diversion at some point in the near future, hopefully. But right now, my brains are dripping from the rafters and I'm fresh out of glue. Okay. And hey, it's the holidays. On the tail end of a year that didn't suck quite as bad as 2020, I guess, depending on which end of the stick you're holding. And as we reacquaint ourselves with the traditions of friends and family and we accommodate new norms, many of us will no doubt endure the familiar eccentricities of people connected to us by the accident of genetics. So good luck with this reunion season, folks. And here's a possibly related parable from the Devoid Archives, April 2012. Kurt Vonnegut emerged from the firebombed ashes of Dresden, an allied war crime by even the most objective standards, with the dilemma of how to make sense of the horrors he'd seen. The result, of course, was Slaughterhouse-Five, the satirical sci-fi classic, celebrating time travel and kidnapping by aliens from planet Tralfalmador. I thought about Vonnegut the other night during the premiere of a documentary called The Dragons of Jim Green at the Sarasota Film Festival. It was a compassionate and sublime piece of work that also dragged the E.T. thing into, into it, in this case, a World War II Marine Corps veteran named Jim Green had devoted more than half his life to proving that an advanced reptilian ET species had established a thriving society on or near Green's property in Gilbert, South Carolina, before meeting an apocalyptic demise nearly 34 million years ago. Unlike Vonnegut, Green wasn't playing around with a literary genre. He, he meant it. Filmmaker Randy Salo is Green's grandson, and he grew up with a front row view on Grandpa's obsessive forays into amateur archaeology. As an adult, six years ago, Salo was determined to get scientists to seriously consider Green's evidence. He wanted to vindicate Grandpa. And he wanted to document it, for the record. As the film unfolds and the experts weigh in, the result is the slow-motion deconstruction of Grandpa's carefully formulated 
cosmology, piece by reluctant piece. The lizard man's fossil skull turns out to be a rock after all. The volcanic ashes from Cuba are only common clay minerals. The prehistoric axe head is nothing more than a sharp stone. Jim Green can only sit there and bend to the slow and excruciating weight of truth. The revelations exact a toll on Salo as well. But in retracing the steps of Green's fixation, Salo encounters something even more profound, whispered about by old-timers who encountered Grandpa's extravagant theories decades ago. Confides one of them, I think I knew that he was apparently living with some tragedy, and we always wondered if whatever tragedy that was had pushed him into thinking these things. And in a moment he couldn't have predicted, Salo inadvertently strikes gold. In Green's confession about what happened nearly 70 years ago in the bloody Pacific Theater. It may not explain everything about Green's Odyssey, but it's a sobering payoff, and it says a lot about the way we manage, or the way some people do, or at least one person does, the incomprehensible. Now, this isn't necessarily a slam at ancient astronaut theories or any number of unsanctioned pursuits relegated to the fables department by mainstream science, nor does it mean to suggest trauma alone is the instigator of such pursuits. Inspiration, however misguided, has many messengers. Take that 19th century German kid who allegedly got hooked on Homer's Iliad on account of a drunkard's recitations at a grocery store. The kid's name was Heinrich Schliemann, and he went on to rescue Troy from its tomb of mythology proving, once again, that every now and then, some dragons are more real than others. This is Life in Jonestown. I'm Billy Cox.